We are living in a time of social distancing. We're called to stay at home as much as possible. We're not allowed to visit our friends or family or church. And when we do go out for essential things like shopping or exercise, we need to keep at least two metres from everybody else. And I think most of us would agree that this is not easy. We long for that separation to end. We want to be able to get out and meet with people, to walk side by side with friends, to welcome people into our houses, to greet each other with a handshake or a hug. Separation is difficult. And this is what the disciples were struggling with on their last night eh, before Jesus went to the cross. They were overwhelmed with sorrow because Jesus had told them that he was going to leave them. But although this sorrow was real and painful, it was not going to have the last word in their lives. Their sorrow was going to be transformed into indestructible joy. And the great news for us this morning is that even in our times of sorrow, we have so many reasons to rejoice. Okay, John uh, 16, verse 16. In a little while you will see me no more, and in after a little while you will see me. Some of his disciples said to one another, What does he mean by saying, In a little while you will see me no more, and then after a little while you will see me? And because I am going to the Father. They kept asking, what does he mean by a little while? We don't understand what he is saying. Jesus saw that they wanted to ask him about this, so he said to them, Are you asking one another what I meant when I said, in a little while you will see me no more, and then after a little while you will see me? I tell you the truth, you will weep and mourn while the world rejoices. You will grieve, but your grief will turn to joy. A woman giving birth to a child has pain because her time has come. But when her baby is born, she forgets the anguish because of her joy that a child is born into the world. So with you. Now is your time of grief. But I will see you again and you will rejoice and no one will take away your joy. In that day, you will no longer ask for anything. I tell you the truth. My father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now, You have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive, and your joy will be complete. Though I have been speaking figuratively, a time is coming when I will no longer use this kind of language, but will tell you plainly about my Father. In that day you will ask in my name. I am not saying that I will ask my Father on your behalf. No, the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I have come from God. I came from the Father and entered the world. Now I am leaving the world and going back to the Father. Then Jesus' disciples said, Now you are speaking clearly and without figures of speech. Now we can see that you know all things and you do not need to have anyone ask you questions. This makes us believe that you came from God. Do you now believe, Jesus replied, A time is coming in fact, and in fact has come, when you will be scattered, each to your own home. You will leave me all alone, yet I am not alone, for my Father is with me. I have told you these things so that you may have peace. 
In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. The disciples, they were struggling with sadness. Jesus said, now is your time of grief. And there were many legitimate reasons for this sorrow. They were sad because Jesus had told them that in a little while you will see me no more. For the past three years, Jesus had been everything to them. He'd called them into a loving relationship with himself. He'd shown them powerful miracles, taught them amazing truths. He had corrected them. He had encouraged them. He had trained them and empowered them for challenging ministry. And then he filled their lives with power and purpose and grace and value. But in just a few hours, he was not going to see them anymore. Later that night, he would be arrested, condemned, tortured and crucified. He'd be cruelly taken from them. So it was natural that their hearts would be broken. Jesus said to them, you will weep and you will mourn while the world rejoices. And I think we can relate to that. Like the people who spoke to Philip, we would like to see Jesus. It would be great this morning, wouldn't it, to be able to see Jesus with our own eyes. To have him physically here with us. In person, to comfort us, to encourage us, to teach us. That would be amazing. But for now... We are in this place where we need to live by faith and not by sight. And that's difficult. But these disciples, they were also struggling with a lack of sense. They kept asking, what does he mean in a, by a, a little while? We don't understand what he is saying. They didn't get what Jesus was teaching. And instead of asking him, they were asking each other about it. And they were just getting more more and more confused. These days, a lot of us might feel like that. All the, the familiar and the routine in our lives has been overturned. We don't know for how long this will go on for. We don't know how it will impact us. And that can be really unsettling for those of us who like to feel in control. Maybe more than ever before, we are aware of how little we know. As James said to those who arrogantly made plans for their lives, he said, why? You don't even know what will happen tomorrow. And we are more and more aware of that reality. We just don't know. Then thirdly, Jesus had also told those disciples that they had a lack of strength. He'd already told them that one of them would betray him, that Peter would deny him. And again he showed that the rest of them would all abandon him. When they claimed to finally understand who he is and also where he came from, Jesus declared here in verse 31, you believe at last. But in the margin of NIV it says, this is more likely, do you now 
believe. That's because Jesus knew that they didn't really get this. In fact, he said in verse 32, a time is coming and has come when you will be scattered, each to his own home. You will leave me all alone. At this crucial time in world history, when Jesus would face the greatest challenge in his ministry, his disciples would fail. They'd crumble under the pressure. They'd turn tail and run away. They'd save themselves rather than stand with their Lord. And if we're honest this morning, we'll recognise that we are not any stronger. In ourselves, we don't have the ability to stand up under the pressures of our lives. In fact, the Bible warns us against overestimating our strength, thinking that on our own strength we can stand, we can cope with this. It says, if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 10. But there was one more reason for their sorrow. They didn't just have a, a lack of sight. Or a lack of sense. Or a lack of strength. They also had a lack of safety. Jesus had told them before about the persecution that they were going to experience because of their commitment to him. And here he said, in this world you will have trouble. Their lives on earth were not going to be filled with comfort and ease, and safety. Instead, they were going to face tough times. Their lives were going to be filled with trouble, and tribulation, and oppression, and distress. And of course our lives can be similarly tough. Over these past few weeks, many of us have with broken hearts watched or listened to the news and, uh, and read about, or read about the pan- how this pandemic has divided families and destroyed lives. We do not live in a safe world. We do not live lives where we're insulated from all of the pain and the sorrow that other people might experience. Like these disciples, we often go through times of trouble and sorrow, suffering from a lack of sight or sense or strength or safety. But Jesus here, he didn't criticise his disciples for struggling with all of this. He didn't criticise them for their sorrow. He didn't condemn them for not being able to cope with all of this. For getting upset with this. Instead he wanted them to know that he understood their anguish. He cared about their grief. He felt their pain. And Jesus wants us to know the same in our times of sorrow. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 15 says this about Jesus. We do not have a high priest 
who is unable to sympathise with our weaknesses. But we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet was without sin. Jesus knows what it is like to grieve in this world. He feels our pain and he wants to come alongside us and support us in it. What an encouragement for us this morning. That the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. It's really great to know that Jesus understands our pain. But Jesus wants to do far more than just come alongside us and sympathise with us in our sorrow. Jesus told his disciples that their pain was going to be like the pain of childbirth. He said this in verse 21, a woman giving birth to a child has pain because her time has come. Now, I don't really know what that feels like, as you would imagine. But I have watched it twice close up. So I know that this pain is intense and it's overwhelming. I would guess that if men had to give birth, I think families would be a lot smaller. But labour pains are not like other pains. They are excruciating, but very soon they are replaced, they are transformed into unbounded joy. When her baby is born, she forgets the anguish because of her joy that a child is born into this world. And Jesus wanted the disciples to know that this is what was going to happen to them. Yes, they were going to grieve. They were going to be incredibly filled with sorrow while the world rejoiced at Jesus' death. But Jesus could assure them that your grief will turn to joy. This, first of all, is the joy of the resurrection. Although he was going to leave them soon, after a little while, you will see me, he said in verse 16. Jesus was going to the cross where he'd die in horrible agony, but on the third day he would rise again. And as a result, their overwhelming grief would be replaced with indestructible joy. Now is your time of grief, Jesus said, verse 22. But I will see you again and you will rejoice and no one will take away your joy. That's what we focused on last week on our Easter service. The empty tomb. The the folded grave clothes, the angelic messengers, the the eyewitness testimonies, and most of all, uh, the, the personal connection with the risen Lord all bring into our hearts a deep abiding joy that nothing can ever take away. This is what John recorded on Easter Sunday, that the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. 
But this joy continued in their lives. It wasn't just joy for a day or for a couple of days. It was a joy that kept on going even in intense difficulties. The early church was a community that suffered greatly. And yet they rejoiced deeply. Paul was one of those guys who who suffered more than most. And yet he could say that he was sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. Why was that? Why could they experience that joy even in the middle of of the troubles, even in the middle of their suffering? Well, it was because the joy of seeing Jesus brought them into the joy of their redemption. Jesus wasn't just coming back to see them. He he also said, I am going to the Father. That was because his mission was complete. Our sins were paid for in full. And Jesus would ascend to the Father because he had finished the work that he'd been given to do. This is the wonderfully finished work of Jesus. And it stands in complete contrast with the priests of the old covenant. This is what uh, the book of Hebrews writes about in Hebrews chapter 10. It says this. Day after day, every priest stands and performs his religious duties. Again and again, he offers the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But when this priest had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, He sat down at the right hand of God. Since that time, he waits for his enemies to be made his footstool. Because by one sacrifice, he is made perfect forever. Those who are being made holy. Jesus' work was complete. So he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And so if we put our faith in Jesus, then we, along with all of these disciples, can rejoice in our redemption. Because we are saved. We have been set free. We have been released from the fear of sin and death and hell. Through Jesus' death and resurrection, our our Freedom has been won. Our forgiveness has been assured. Our fellowship with him is certain. And our future glory is guaranteed. And so today, instead of Jesus' death being something that brings us grief and sadness, it has been transformed into something that brings us indestructible joy. 
It is the reason for our gratitude. It's the central focus of our preaching. And it's the heart of our worship. As Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are, pe- who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. So this morning, do you know that joy of your redemption? Do you know that you have been saved? Do you know that you have been set free by the blood of Jesus? So today, despite the struggles and sorrow that we're going through, we can rejoice in Jesus' resurrection And the redemption that he paid for us. But they're not the only reasons to rejoice this morning. They're not the only reasons that Jesus teaches here that we can rejoice. There's at least three others. And that first one is the right to pray. Our sins block our communication from God. Isaiah 59 and 2 says, Your iniquities have separated you from God. Your sins have hidden his face from you, so that he will not hear. But when we trust in Jesus' death and his resurrection, we are declared righteous in his sight. We are adopted as children into his family. And so we have the right of free and unrestricted access into God's presence. That's what Jesus said in verse 23 of our chapter. In that day, you will no longer ask me anything. I tell you the truth, my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Now, of course, as we've seen before, This is not a guarantee that we'll get everything that we want. Asking in Jesus' name is is not a kind of a, a guarantee that we'll just, we can ask anything and we'll just get it. Asking in Jesus' name is asking based on what he has done. And asking according to Jesus' will. It is asking in keeping with his priorities. And his character. It's asking for what he would ask for. For what pleases him. In a way that would bring him glory. But when we do this, when we ask in Jesus' name, we can have the confidence that our Heavenly Father will hear our prayers and answer them in accordance with his perfect will. For us. And this will fill our hearts with joy. Ask, this is what Jesus says, verse 24 ask and you will receive, and your joy will be complete. I think this is the joy of knowing that we are loved by God, that we are valued by Him, so much so that He wants to hear our prayers. He wants to listen to our anxieties. He wants us, 
wants to carry our burdens. He wants us to work with in partnership with him to build his kingdom and to accomplish his will. So he invites us into this privilege of prayer. And that's what we're going to do just now. We're going to take some time to ask for what we need. To rejoice in that we have the right to come with confidence into the very throne room of grace and just pour out our hearts to him. It's an amazing privilege eh, to be able to pray. But before we finish, let me just highlight two other reasons to rejoice in this passage. The first one is the joy of revelation. Throughout their time with Jesus, these disciples had been growing in their understanding of God. However, as we've seen throughout this this, this gospel, they struggled to understand. But this was going to change. Jesus said in verse 25, Though I have been speaking figuratively, a time is coming when I will no longer use this kind of language, but will tell you plainly about my Father. Up to that point, Jesus could not tell them everything that they needed to learn. But after the resurrection, their minds and their hearts were going to be opened. And he would be able to speak much more openly, much more directly to them about his father and about the kingdom of God. And then they'd later receive the Holy Spirit. The one that Jesus promised would guide you into all truth. And as a result, these uneducated men would grasp God's truth so amazingly, so deeply, so profoundly, that they would amaze everyone who would listen to them. For example, in Acts chapter 4, when Peter and and John are, are dragged before the Sanhedrin, It says in verse 13, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished. And they took note that these men had been with Jesus. And through their words written in scripture, we too can share in that revelation and in the joy that knowing God only can bring. And so Peter writes in his, in his letter, 1 Peter 1 and 8, Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. And this joy is an indestructible joy. Because no matter what happens in our lives, we can rest in Jesus' victory. Yes, in this world, we will have trouble. But Jesus said, take heart, I have overcome the world. Even in the middle of the difficulties, 
Even when we feel weak or overwhelmed or struggling or down or anything else, we can still rejoice. That's not because we can avoid all those difficulties. You know, other people go through that, but we don't. Neither is it because they don't affect us. As if we can go through life without being impacted or upset by the, the trials of life. Nor is it because we are confident that God will prevent bad things from happening to us. Rather it's because, as Paul says in Romans 8 and 57, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. We are conquerors because Jesus has already overcome the world. On that cross, Jesus defeated the powers of evil. By rising from the dead, he demonstrated that victory. And so the battle is already won. And when we put our faith in Jesus, we are brought into that victory. So even when the world does its worst to us, whether it's trouble, or hardship, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword, those are the things that Paul speaks about in that chapter. Even in those situations, even when we suffer those things, our victory is secure. And then we can say with Paul, I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can remove us from God's love. Nothing can eject us from God's family. Nothing can steal our inheritance in God's house. Nothing can snatch us out of God's hand. So life can often be tough. Separation, sorrow, struggling, they're all parts of our our experience. But even in challenging times like we're going through right now, we can rejoice. We can rejoice because of the resurrection of Jesus. Because of our redemption when we put our faith in Jesus. Because of our right to pray in the name of Jesus. Because of the revelation of God's truth. That Jesus came to bring. And because we can rest in Jesus' victory. I pray that we'll be able to hold on to these amazing truths. And even although we might go through times of sorrowing, we will be always able 
to rejoice. Let's pray. Father God, we really thank you. Thank you for giving us these amazing reasons to rejoice this morning. Lord, this is a tough time for so many of us. This is certainly a tough time for so many people in this world. We realize, Lord, that you, this is what you promised. This is not something that we should be shocked or amazed or stumbled by because you promised in this world you will have trouble. So, Lord, we know that this is, this is coming into our lives. We know that this is, this is part and partial of our experience here on earth. And yet, Lord, you've given us this morning these amazing reasons to rejoice in you. You've given us the, the hope of the resurrection because Jesus rose from the dead. He has defeated sin and death and hell. And we can rejoice this morning in that. And because of Jesus' death and resurrection, we have, we have been redeemed. We have been set free. We've been set free to belong to you. So that we can rejoice today that we are saved. That we are safe and secure in your love this morning. Father, we thank you that we have this right to pray to you, to pour our hearts to you, eh, to to come to you with everything that that we're struggling with, all of the worries and cares and people and situations. Lord, we can just come and, and constantly bring that to you. Lord, help us to keep on doing that. Lord, thank you that we have this wonderful revelation of your truth, Lord. That we can look at your word and we can know your truth, Lord. We can know you. And we know that that is what life is all about. And Father, thank you that even in the middle of all the difficulties and struggles, even when we feel weak, even when we feel like we're failing or we're stumbling or we're just not able to cope, Father, thank you that Jesus has won the victory for us. That we are more than conquerors, not through our strength, not through our abilities, but through what Jesus has already accomplished on the cross. Lord, help us to rest in that. Help us to rejoice in that. Help us to live that out this in this week coming, Lord. That each day that we live in the in the joy of the victory of Jesus, even if we are going through difficult times. So, Lord, we thank you this morning. Thank you that you're with us. Thank you that you understand our sorrows. Thank you that you, you don't criticize us or condemn us for that. You, 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 you come alongside us. You're close to us when we're brokenhearted. But, Father, thank you for filling our hearts also with joy. A joy that's so deep that nothing and no one can ever take it away. In Jesus' name we pray.